Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Monday, February 20th. We are quickly approaching the NHL trade deadline. We got big name players on the move. Big name players putting up five goals in two games, maybe in statements, trying to say, why the hell didn't you trade for me? We got agents calling out coaches and teams, so it is an exciting time here in the NHL as we get closer and closer to that trade deadline, start to determine who's contenders and who is not. But we'll start there. Yesterday, we see Patrick Kane score three goals in a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, now five goals in his last two games. You watch Tarasenko go to the Rangers. He was obviously disappointed with that one. The other team that his name was around was the Toronto Maple Leafs. They go out on Friday and acquire Ryan O'Reilly in between games against the Blackhawks after having seen Kane last week and before seeing him on Sunday. Now you get to a spot here, Alex. Kane kind of heating up a little bit, maybe putting a little bit of water, water on the fire of, hey, his hip is hurting. He's kind of coming out saying, don't believe everything you hear in terms of being in uh, interested in the Leafs, but there's obviously some level of disappointment for him of not being traded to the Rangers there. What do you make of the whole Patrick Kane situation, him kind of not being on the move as we see some of these other big names going to teams he was rumored to be interested in? Yeah, obviously, I mean, that was all the rage, you know, during the offseason. And, of course, you know, when the season started, it was just kind of a – it seemed like a matter of when, not if, that he gets moved. But now, like I said, we saw his production kind of go down a little bit in, in around November and December, and then all these rumors start popping up about his hip. People are saying that that's been the issue for the last two and a half years because he did disclose that he'd been playing through an injury uh, around the short 2020 season, but never said exactly what it was, never gave us even the upper body or lower body uh, kind of designation. So now for that to kind of circulate, that's when the Rangers kind of think they said, you know what, listen, we can get Tarasenko. We don't have to worry about if this is going to, you know, uh, pick up a guy who's, who ends up, you know, being out for the year or out for an extended period of time. And I think that kind of team just followed suit with that. So like I said, don't believe everything you say, you know, don't believe everything you hear, but you know, so many things are being said. We don't know really what to pick out and choose from. And and I wouldn't be shocked if we see him get traded. I also wouldn't be shocked if we see him elect to maybe take the rest of this year off, have surgery. He could easily come back and, and stay in Chicago, sign a, a, a new deal that's club friendly and, and, you know, good enough for him to maybe play a couple more years. Maybe he even retires. I mean, the guy has accomplished so much in his career. He's, you know, already now the third, uh, most leading active points getter in United States uh, history in the NHL. So he's done so much. He's, he's already a Hall of Famer. He doesn't really have to. This, I think the pressure is really kind of off of him. He can do really whatever right. he wants in, in this situation. He can go somewhere else, try to catch another another ring. He can try to rehab and play a couple more years, maybe stay in Chicago or maybe even go somewhere else still as a UFA. Or he can just hang it up and say, hey, listen, I, I've accomplished all, I, all I've uh, needed to and, you know, uh, his legacy will ever be forever be cemented in Chicago, obviously. So he, the ball's kind of in his court as far as what he does, and really, you know, for the Hawks, obviously, it would have been nice to have gotten got a you know a big haul back for him. But you know, like I said, there's there's still options that make the the Hawks look better down the road, especially if he can heal up. And this is a guy who hasn't had any major injuries in his career. He basically broke his collarbone in uh, 2013. I think it's the only real serious you know uh, time he's missed in his career. So he could easily come back and play a couple more years if he feels like it. It's just, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them uh, between now and March. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Credit to the Leafs and the Rangers for uh, for uh, moving forward. Though around, around these parts, I'm used to teams just staying stagnant. So it's nice. <laughs> it's a it's a it's refreshing to see teams uh, moving forward. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with uh, with Kane and some of the other big-name players, especially as we get closer to the deadline. I feel like if we're going to see any of the bigger moves, we'll likely see them ahead of the actual yeah. final day, that trade deadline. We want to see, or you see teams that want to see players in their lineups ahead of that so that they can finally tinker maybe the final pieces the smaller pieces on that deadline day but it'll continue to be interesting and what it does make for is some interesting uh, games on a game-to-game -game basis because now you're starting to see guys getting pulled from lineups sitting out for trade related reasons so you kind of got to monitor that a little bit closely a team that was involved with that this past weekend was the ottawa senators you see uh, tyler mott get pulled ahead of their game ends up being told as he gets to the rink go home Sens play uh, play yesterday, beat St. Louis 7-2, to two, going to play the Boston Bruins on the road here tonight. Uh, this Ottawa team, they're only five points out of the playoffs now, uh, as interesting as it is in the Eastern Wildcards. Uh, you're looking at them five points back of the Islanders. They got four games in hand on the Isles, five points back of Pittsburgh. They played the same number of games played, but uh, between Florida, Ottawa, Buffalo, Washington, like you're looking at teams who could find themselves an opportunity to squeak into the playoffs here if you go on a run, which is kind of interesting considering some of these teams, they're going to have to make a decision what they want to do. But this Boston team, uh, if, I mean, if you're Ottawa, you got to look to continue to beat some of the better teams in Boston here tonight. 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They're on a three-game win streak, and they are incredible at home. 23-2-3 at home this season for the Bruins. So, Money, if you're looking at this spot, is this maybe one where the Sens could get on a roll, or is this just uh, Bruins find a way to continue their, their heater and continue their dominance that they've had so far this season? Hey, it just... Uh... It just hit home when you mentioned that Ottawa is just uh, five points out of a playoff spot here. What a what a contrast from last year when it was all done in like basically November in the East. Um, you, you know, the, the Sens have been getting results, but um, we're clearly stepping up in class here against the Bruins. Um, they've been, um, I, I would expect Mandelis uh, to, uh, to, uh, to get the start here. Uh, DJ Smith mentioned that, um, that he wanted to be cautious with uh, with Mad Sogard. So, I mean, it's not. I can you can make a case for Ottawa just based on the on, on Boston being being inflated, but I'm not running to bet on Ottawa right now. Uh, maybe if like the price gets a gets a little bit higher, I I want to see them perform against teams. Um, that 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 they can step up in class against. So um, I'll watch this game. Um, I want to see if Ottawa's for real, uh, but it's not something that I'll be I'll be interested in getting involved pregame. Alex, yeah, do you have any a, opinions on this one? This is a good game if, if you are working today to maybe take your lunch and uh, and bet it live. I would kind of lean toward Ottawa first period if I played anything with the Senators. Uh, maybe they can catch balls and napping a little bit. It is an early start, but both of these teams are used to playing uh, early day games, so that shouldn't be too much of an issue. But if, if I had to take Ottawa, it would only be first period or nothing, and then maybe try to come back and uh, think of a one nothing lead, try to jump on Boston at a cheaper price lot. All right, so nothing there in that Ottawa-Boston game, but maybe keep your eyes out for uh, first period price if that's something pops up that you like, uh, or live betting that one. 
We'll move on to another game tonight and another team who's sitting just outside of the playoffs uh, hosting the Anaheim Ducks tonight, the Florida Panthers right now. They are one point out of a playoff spot, tied for Washington in points. They're both sitting outside. They've played one more game than Washington, so they sit behind them in the standings based off of win percentage. One point back of the Islanders, one point back of the Penguins. 5-4-1 and one in their last 10 15, 8, and 3 at home playing a not very good Anaheim team who's on a four-game losing streak right now and struggles on the road. 8, 17, and 5 on the road this season for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Alex, if you look at this game for the for the Panthers, they are starting to get things kind of on the right track. They are pushing for the playoffs. You're hearing guys like Radko Gudis who might have been uh, players that could move at this deadline. Probably not going to be on the move anymore as Florida thinks that they can jump in and if you get in maybe you could get hot maybe you could go on a run uh what do you make of this florida team and especially in this game tonight against the anaheim ducks well i mean I, i'm not really that high on florida uh you know this is a team that you know last year won the president's trophy basically playing pond hockey i mean they you know roll the puck out and it was you know try to get five six seven goals every single night and they were doing that often and uh it, it led to success in the regular season but of course they fizzled out in the playoffs, and so they go and get Paul Maurice to try to be a little bit more balanced, a little bit more sound defensively, and I think his corrections on the back end took away a lot from the front end. Now, of course, obviously the deal that they made in the offseason too changed up things, but even with that, they still had a ton of talent, and they just not have not been able to consistently put together uh, great offensive stretches the way that they were able to do last year and in previous seasons, and that's kind of hampered them a little bit. But in this game, I think they have a huge edge because even though Anaheim – couple of days off, rested, starting this road trip. For them to start and play this kind of a, a weird afternoon t- you know, time on a, on a Monday with an internal clock of essentially 10 a.m. coming from the west to the east, I think this is a, a bit of a tricky spot, but the price is so huge on Florida that that's already been kind of baked into the line a little bit. So not much that I'm going to really try to pick off at. If I had to play anything in this game, I'd probably just go over seven. I could see this one being just a slop fest and we probably see about maybe 10 goals between both teams. <laughs> yeah, and I see a question in the chat here, Jerry Mancini and so many, I'm sure you can speak to it. He's saying, do you like the over in this match? Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on that one, so many? Yeah, Alex just uh, just alluded to it, and I, I I completely agree with him. I think that if there's if we're doing anything here, um, I'd be okay with with uh, putting uh, putting a half unit on the uh, on the over, even though it is a seven. Now, um, the Panthers are coming off that was a that was a confusing loss against Nashville. I've I have no idea what happened there, um, but um, Anaheim's a team where um, we do we do like the over in their games now. Um, we we are seeing a market adjustment here. No longer are we getting. We went from plus money six and a halves to to a flat six and a half, and now we're at a flat seven. So that's um, unfortunately some that's that's where these things go. So um, it's 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 tough for me in this league even now to bet an over seven, but with a team like Anaheim who actually plays worse defense than even the Canucks right now, um, I think that um, that's that's the only way we can um, we we'll be able to look at this game. Even with um, even with Sam Sam Bennett out, um, I also think that we are on Spencer Nightwatch. Um, I think that this would be a good spot to um, to uh, get him some game action. And we don't. He's been he's been inconsistent, um, and I think that it's worth a shot to see if um, if if he's getting any of his form back. So I would go 
I would go half on over seven. I, I, I agree with Alex there. All right, so we track that in the BetStamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. So if you want to see the picks that are given out on this show, you want to see how we're doing over the course of the season, make sure to head over there. You can follow us on there, get notified when picks are tracked, and see what we're betting on prior to the game, uh, as well as see how we've done throughout the course of the season. So make sure to check that out as well. If you are watching this right now, you have not hit subscribe on this channel, please make sure to do so. It takes like two seconds to hit that subscribe button while you're watching. Uh, all the support is greatly appreciated. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers ahead of the playoffs here, so hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you know people who were watching on Twitter before, fortunately, we're not on there anymore. We are only on YouTube, so spread the word around that that's where we're at. And as well, if you could like this stream, that helps get the word out as well. But so, Money, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this next game, specifically this one team. We've gone on a roller coaster ride of emotions following along the Calgary Flames so far this season. And uh, now it's just when you think, hey, it can't get any crazier than this. with A coach pretending he doesn't know who a rookie is that played in, in, uh, in their debut in the NHL. Now all of a sudden you've got Alan Walsh, the agent, calling out via Twitter the coach of the Calgary Flames saying it's uh, the definition of insanity and uh, making it not fun for players to play. I mean, where are we at with the Calgary Flames? What do you even do with this team? How do you evaluate it? They're playing a Philadelphia team who's not been great recently, four-game losing streak right now. They are at home, but you're not getting goaltending. It kind of seems like the coach has lost the room with the players there, and it's just an awkward, uncomfortable situation. But what's going on with the Calgary Flames right now? Yeah, so before I touch on the Flames, uh, just some breaking news here. Um, Bob was confirmed in net for the Panthers um, just now, so it's... Um... Oh, there you go. So yeah, it's um, it's good that uh, that we're only on there for half there. But um, yeah, for the Flames, I mean, that Alan Walsh situation, it's um, <laughs> it's it's just weird. But like, I like how um, how Sutter handled it. I think I would have pulled off pulled off of one of those. Who who's that? Right. So um, I think that uh, that uh, Sutter did a good job there. Just um, I I don't know who that is. I don't care. Right. So um, it was. Um, but it's got to be tough on the player too, right? Like I, I find it hard to believe that a player wouldn't sign off on his, on his agent spouting off in social Agreed. media, and then for he were to come back and kind of say that um, he 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 didn't expect it. That was just a strange situation. But um, for the Flames, I keep saying the same thing over and over about them. I don't think they're playing bad. They they they're just not getting goaltending, right? And um, I. I, I, I saw some things from um, Markstrom on Saturday um, against the Rangers. So um, maybe this is a situation where Sutter feels that if he is starting to get some sort of form, even even league average form, um, then 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 they might want to um, want to ride him for a bit. So um, I could see him getting the start here. Flyers, um, I believe that they should be starting Erson. Um, I think they'll probably go with Hart tomorrow. Um, yeah, I believe they'll go with Hart tomorrow in Edmonton. So um, it's Calgary or nothing for me. Um, but again, Calgary should not be laying these prices against anybody right now, um, even if it is Philadelphia, who didn't look too poor, um, didn't look bad against the Canucks. It was just one of those games that just that that just snowballs sometimes. So um, yeah, 
I, I I can't lay this price on Calgary, but I'm not betting Philadelphia either. So this is another game that the price is too big and we're going to be passing here. All right. And Alex, you got the Calgary Flames jersey on here today. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing that for a reason. Uh, I, I like this first period over a lot. I actually thought this was going to open yesterday at two because of the Flames. They've been on a hot run right now. Seven and one in their last eight, 13 and four. Uh, to that first period over the last 17 overall, and they've been on a four-game uh, consecutive first period over a stretch. And even when you look at Philly, they've been gone over in three straight. So I was able to grab a dollar thirty. I really liked uh, that price. Now we've seen a balloon. It's, you know, shop around because I'm seeing like sit on the board all the place from a dollar twenty-seven at Rivers uh, up to a dollar forty, dollar forty-five. So should definitely try to get the best of that number. But uh, I think we're going to see a lot of back and forth action. Like I said, you know, Calgary. Yeah, they're not playing horrible hockey. Like I said, the goaltending has been suspect, and it's been suspect not only in the first period, but very early in the first period. We've seen Markstrom uh, susceptible to giving up the first or second shot of the game, uh, letting that by him, and then taking time to kind of settle down a little bit after that. So, uh, you know, Philly, you know, kind of an earlier start time going out west. I think maybe they might have their legs on them. You know, we could see some good back and forth action. And I think, uh, like I said, with this number is off, I think this number should be two at least. So, you only have to lay the the price and get one and a half. So I'm going with that over. All right. I'm going to ask you, uh, Alex, you're a player in the NHL. You've just signed an eight-year, $10.5 million contract that hasn't even started. And your first year on a team, your agent tweets out about your coach like that. What is your reaction uh, the next day in the media? Like, how do you handle that? Because Huberto's was pretty interesting. He kind of brushed it off like, oh, you guys know Alan. Like, it is what right. it is. And he's like, well, <laughs> it's your agent, man. <laughs> yeah, and well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I think anybody who, who you know, knows uh, Alan Walsh, especially after what happened with Marc-Andre Fleury in the Vegas situation, you kind of expect. Yeah, exactly. So you expect to kind of maybe expect the unexpected from him. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, but that's kind of tough, though. At some point, if, if you're a player, you might want to sit down and kind of focus on, hey, you know, let's let's tone it down with the tweets a little bit, because that tweet was really telling, too, in a sense of like, wow, it, you know, are there issues inside of this Calgary locker room? Like, is this just related to his clients or, or is his, you know, is his client telling him this is what the team is feeling like right now? And and, you know, that's great information for us as, as sports betters. But uh, you're also kind of giving that information to, you know, everybody else, the 31 other teams in the league. Uh, yeah. when you do that. So, so you have to kind of, you know, maybe temper it down a little bit if you're, if you're Alan Walsh and, and uh, you know, make sure you're not putting your clients in, 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 uh, in a weird sticky situation. Yeah. And I guess like the other thing just quickly is your agent comes to you and shows you that he's going to send this tweet out. Do you, as a player yourself, do you tell him, yes, yeah, send the tweet or delete that, get it out of here. Where do you guys yeah, stand I, on that? Would you I, have let it fly? No, nah, I would have told him delete it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's look to uh, some Western Conference teams going head to head here tonight. Seattle on the road to San Jose. Seattle right now is holding on to third in the Pacific in this one. Uh, in the East, you're looking at the wild card spots that are tightly jammed up in terms of who could get in. But in the West, it's basically a free for all for everyone at this point. Uh, whether you're going to be in a wild card spot or holding on to a Pacific or a Central spot. So the movement there has been crazy. You're looking at Seattle third in the Pacific right now, 
two points up on Edmonton, a game in hand on them, one point back of LA, two points back of Vegas, a couple of teams that they're chasing, but then also looking at just a narrow margin on teams that are in the wild card spot. They are on a two-game win streak right now, but those wins coming against the Flyers and the Red Wings, uh, this San Jose team, Obviously, potentially looking at moving on from some big pieces. You do see Timo Myers announced out with an upper body injury at this point, and I am unsure if that's even uh, a real thing or if it's just a precautionary trade-related reasons type of move for the San Jose Sharks as they try to protect their asset. But regardless, likely not going to see much more, if not any, of Timo Meyer ahead of the deadline here. Uh, San Jose at home against the Seattle Kraken. Alex, where do you stand on this game here tonight between these two teams? You know, Seattle team, I, I like them, but they annoy me sometimes as, from a betting perspective. So sometimes where I take a shot on them and it seems like it's a great spot and all of a sudden they lay an egg or there's a time where I try to fade them thinking that they might be a little flat and they come out and beat the Philadelphia Flyers 62. So <laughs> it's been it's been a rough gauging them, but I do like them here in, in, in regulation. Uh, I think this is now the time where we finally see the Sharks uh, kind of swim a little bit lower into the ocean, if you will, and uh, and continue to lose games. <laughs> this has just been kind of rough for them already, but I think things are just going to continue to get worse. Like I said, Timo Meyer with his upper body injury, uh, well, more than likely, you know, we'll see him in another uniform probably in the next week or two. And uh, the Sharks are just trying to take and, and be part of the Connor Bernard sweepstakes. So I think Seattle takes care of a business in 60 minutes, and uh, I like the regulation. I actually grabbed it uh, at another shop at even money, but you said Pinnacle's got it at plus 105. It's the best price around. So, yeah, money. I, any I, thoughts for you in this one? I I would I would agree with that too. Seattle is is taking advantage of a soft spot in their in in, in their schedule right now. They've they've had games against the Flyers twice, Wings, Sharks now. So, um, and 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 they're taking care of their business. I I don't particularly think they're playing very well, but um, these aren't the teams um, who are going to give them any trouble. Um, so. So, so credit to them. Um, I am starting to see a dip in their in their play defensively as well, and I would expect um, Martin Jones to to uh, to uh, get a start here. So, um, it does lead me to a to, to an overlook, even with uh, Timo Meyer out with uh, with an upper body trade related um, injury. So, um, I think that um, I think that the over and the Sharks. Sorry, the over in Seattle would be the uh, would would be the look here, and at six and a half, um, I think we should get a flat six and a half. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be good with the over there. So six and a half minus one hundred five. We're good to lock that in there. So money. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, and also Rich H bringing up here as well. Sharks a stinky five fourteen and seven uh, at home. Yeah, it's not the uh, not the greatest home stretch for this uh, San Jose team so far this season. One game that is going to be very interesting tonight because of the swing that it can cause in the standings, the New York Islanders heading to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. We see uh, we see the Islanders beat the Penguins on Friday. That was a big game for the, uh, for the Edgeware crew as we had the Parise and uh, Zucker anytime goals both score in that one. So that was a, that was a big one for us, big cash on that. But this uh, this Islanders team, second wild card spot in the East. You obviously go out, you acquire Bo Horvat, 
or extend him, I guess, to big ticket after the fact. You're looking at a team who's going to be trying to push hard for the playoffs here. One point up on Washington, one point up on Florida, tied with Pittsburgh for points right now. They've got four more games played than Pittsburgh, so these head-to-head matchups are going to mean so much more. you got to continue to win them uh, to swing things in your favor at this point. 5-3-2 and two in their last 10, um, going up against a Pittsburgh team who... For, is in the first wildcard spot in the East. They got four games in hand on the Isles, as I kind of just mentioned there. They're on a two-game losing streak right now, but losing to some decent teams or teams that are close to them or in their kind of uh, in their kind of circle there, the Islanders and the Devils, 15-7-4 for the Penguins at home this season. Uh, we did see them match up on Friday night. So, Money, where do you kind of stand on this game between the two uh, two Metro teams? Yeah, so firstly, something is up with uh, Tristan Jari here. He was a uh, he was slated to get a full practice on uh, Friday, I believe, but but he missed it due to a doctor's appointment, which which I found weird. Um, I assure you, professional athletes are able to go see the doctor whenever they want, so they don't need to they don't need to readjust their schedules like that. So, um, so this has led me to believe that either the Penguins have not been honest with what's going on with him, or they don't know, and um, and. And that's and that's concerning because without Jari, it's really tough for me to to get behind Casey Smith right now. He's just been maddingly inconsistent. So um, even though the Penguins were unlucky in their loss against the Islanders, um, they have been getting themselves into into high event games, and I don't think they can bank on getting four four behind Soros again. So with it 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 would have been a pens look here. Um, overall, I think the Penguins are a better team, but um, with their goaltending situation, that's that's an incredibly tough tough number to lay. So at this point, if we're seeing DeSmith um, and the Penguins um, drift a little bit, I'd be more interested in going um, with the uh, with the Islanders. Okay. Yeah, I did see on uh, a tweet right before we went on air that, that Tristan Jari was on the ice. So he is skating today. So I don't know whether that means he's going to get the start or not. Like I said, we still have to kind of wait and see. So that's kind of – I would have to, you know, kind of wait and see. That's the way I have to play this game, basically wait and see. But uh, I would lean with the first period over in this one based on just kind of looking at past history. Uh, we saw a high-scoring game with them on Friday, went over the first period, and now we've seen – uh, six and one in the last seven meetings between these two teams go over in the first period. So I could definitely, even especially if Jari does get the start, he might not be just completely ready to go in the first 20 minutes. He might might give up a goal, maybe even give up two on his own. So uh, that's the way I would be looking at this game. All right. But no official plays in this one. Nothing official. Uh, no. Yeah. All no, right. If it's, and yeah, if it's, um, if, it, if it's Jari and, and, and we get low one thirties, I'd be on the Penguins. If it's um, not Jari, if it's DeSmith, and um, and that line creeps up a little bit, which it won't, but if it does, then um, I would be on the on the Islanders at um, at, at mid to high one thirties. Okay, so keep your eyes out for that. See that you get for goalie announcements. Maybe we'll have one before the end of the show here, as uh, so many has done and has already done during this show here today. But uh, final game of the night. Winnipeg, New York. I think this one will be a pretty good one. Uh, two teams that can play heavy, can play uh, a physical game that will probably battle this one out here. Winnipeg did just lose yesterday to the New Jersey Devils on the road. So they're coming in in a back-to-back situation going into New York, but not like they had any crazy travel from 
New Jersey to the uh, to uh, New York here to play the Rangers tonight. Winnipeg right now holding on to second in the Central. They're sitting three points back of Dallas, one game in hand on them, two points up on Colorado. And that's one thing that's amazing is watching uh, Colorado continue to burn through the standings and catch up to teams like this. And Winnipeg on a two-game losing streak, you kind of got to correct things right now because you do have teams coming up behind you that are trying to catch you. You do have Colorado closing the gap. Minnesota, they haven't been playing that well, or uh, their results haven't been that great recently, but even there, that not that far out of it. You can get could get on a hot streak to close this one out, and all of a sudden you're catching up to teams. Uh, but on the road to face against the Rangers on the second night of a back-to-back, Alex, if you're looking at this one, are you kind of in a spot here? You think maybe this could be a bounce-back spot for the Winnipeg Jets tonight? I do. I do. And it, and it kind of relates to the Rangers schedule as well. I mean, they've been red hot, obviously, but now coming back home off of a long and successful road trip uh, and having that road trip end with a loss, which is never really a good feeling. I've talked to some players about that. They've always said that, you know, you want to try to end the road trip on a hot note, no matter how many wins you had before it, you know, losing and then coming back home is not always the best of feelings. And then to now have to come back and play, like I said, a, a Winnipeg team that can match the physicality uh, and that heavy style that they play. And they were off back-to-back losses, knowing they need to get things on the grind. I would play it safe. I would go first period money line plus a dollar 20 with the Jets. Uh, I want to, I want to, they need to prove to me that they can come out and, and, and play a good solid effort early in this contest, maybe jump out and get a lead. Uh, and then maybe I can make adjustments from there. If they don't show up flat or, or if they both are playing back and forth, then I can, you know, try, try to grab a uh, over game or maybe, you know, go the other side. But I think Winnipeg should come out with a ton of energy early and they maybe could catch the Rangers, uh, you know, napping a little bit coming back home after that long road trip. All right. Yeah. Look, the Rangers have been kicking my ass since 1994, right? Like we've had, we've had beef for the last 30 years. So, um, but I look at this number and it's hard for me not to get behind the Winnipeg Jets here. Um, Alex alluded to the scheduling spot. Um, I do, I do agree with that. It's tough going east to west or west to east, and then just having one one day off in in between and then getting ready to go the day after. So that's, that's a historically really difficult spot in the NHL. I don't think it's um, out of the realm of possibility for Hellebuck to get back-to-back starts here. So I think that there might be some upside there. Um, even with Riddick in net, um, I still think that this number is inflated. I, I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. I think that um, Igor Shesterkin, obviously he's a lead, but um his numbers have been dipping a little bit. And we saw that um, we have been seeing that come up lately in games. And now, again, I'm not concerned about him long-term. Goalies go through these stretches, especially off the incredible season he had last year. It's just inevitable that he's going to have some struggles at, at, at certain points in time the following season. So I think that I do like the Jets here. I think that in the mid-150s, even down to the low, 150s is um sorry we just got a jari confirmation up here um but yeah. i i think that that's um yeah that's 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 too inflated on the jets so i will be on the jets here and um let's see what i can pick off on the penguins now as well so would you take this as it is right now at plus 155 here jets full game money line yeah yeah jets jets full game money line at plus 155 all right we'll lock that in 
so if you do want to track all the picks that are given out on this show in real time, see them as they come in uh, and see them what they are before the game, make sure to go over to the BetStamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. You can see all the picks, how we've done throughout the course of this season, and uh, follow along with us as well as obviously watching the show live here in real time to see what's being tracked as it goes in and why it's being tracked. Uh, but that is all the games for today. There are some general questions here. So Connor Hartle asking, um, given how tight lines are compared to individual numbers, do you guys use more subjective items to make plays on sides or do you use your your numbers to find other types of bets? Um, so Money, I'll let you start with that one there. I think um, I, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago where I consider myself a bit of a hybrid in that I do have my numbers, but I also think that there needs to be a subjective element to this as well. Um, only if you're not being biased with 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 what you see, and that comes just just the, the more hockey you watch and the more the more objective you become over the years, and how you become emotionally detached from these things. Um, and it's just it's 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 just business. No. Um, an example would be like you look at this Ottawa Boston game. Um, most models that you run, you get an edge on Ottawa, even if it's like a even if it's like a small edge because um, the line is inflated. But um, there's also the subjective element to that as well, right? Like Ottawa um, with their goaltending, there's 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 uncertainty there. Um, so, and um, I I remember I've I've said this story before a couple of years ago, not the not last year's Colorado St. Louis series, but the series before when. Colorado swept them. Um, I was showing edges on the Blues every single game. Now, am I going to sit there betting on the Blues every single game when I'm watching the games with my own eyes and I'm seeing that this is a complete mismatch, right? Uh, but right. sometimes your your numbers don't adjust quickly as as quick enough to what's happening in reality, and that's something that 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 you need to keep an eye on. Now, the second part of that question: Do you use that to make other bets? Oh, ab absolutely, right? And like see um you you see correlation with like totals and like and like the shots that like teams are giving up um with like a player being moved up on like the first line now um this is my first year kind of looking deeper into player props that's something that i want to spend more time on next year but yeah. um like from my from my initial kind of foray in into this as like the lines are getting tighter on like games and sides when i look at player props you do see that correlation so um, that's something that I'm trying to pick up on. And I think that, um, it'll be a summer of work for me to, uh, to make sure I'm ready to go on that for, for next season. Yeah, I'm kind of in the, in the same way. I'm a little bit more situational driven than I am numbers driven this time of year. It, it kind of shifts. And I think that's a natural progression for all of us. Obviously, we're going off of strictly numbers at the beginning of the year because we haven't watched anything other than, you know, preseason or, or, or we're going off of, you know, previous, uh, film. And then as we start to watch more with our own eyes and, and watch more film and, and, and go back and, and match things up with you know, statistics, statistics, essentially, we become more situationally based, especially in the second half. For me, personally, the second half of the season, uh, you know, I like a lot of draw plays because that, that situation lends itself. Teams fighting for uh, points in the standings. They don't want to you know, get out of a game where they had a lead and now it's tied and now all of a sudden they're going to end up with zero points in the standings. They want to try to push things and go into OT. Uh, I like a lot of these, you know, first period full game overs because we tend to see uh, even, like I said, scheduling situations where normally I would be on just Winnipeg full game, 
Five years ago, that would have been my initial bet looking at that scheduling spot. But now I say, you know what? Let me just take play it safer and go with the with the Jets in first period. And it also frees me up because, like I said, I don't become kind of uh, – you, you automatically become invested to your bet and that team. So you're watching it a little bit differently. Whether you, you mean to or not, you, you tend to you know watch things a little differently when you have a bet on a side. So having that first period look kind of gives me the, the freedom mentally to say, hey, okay, well – Look at this completely uh, objectively, and if I'm seeing where, okay, Winnipeg got the lead, but they're playing like crap, now I can go flip and, and, and grab the Rangers. Or I'm seeing where, yeah, they're, it's wide open now, but I can see where things might tighten up a little bit. Now I'm going to grab an under. So using, yeah, yeah, numbers, we, always, we all use certain numbers pregame to reflect on what we're doing in-game or if we, if we decide to bet in-game or looking at other player props or, or, or other props that are game-related. Uh, I think that they all work together for any, you know any of us who are, who are betting long term, but uh, you know like I said as far as just numbers strictly off numbers go, no, there has to be some kind of situational uh, elements as well for me to make a, a wager. All right, and we see uh, some goalie news in the chat here. Connor Hartle saying Igor probable, uh, saying hopefully big save Dave announcement moves the line tad higher. Yeah. Uh, Yari confirmed here. And then Mandalays for Ottawa from Artificial. I, I didn't, haven't seen yet, but there you go. So if you are watching along in the Edgework YouTube chat, you get to see uh, people firing away goalie confirmations and, and injury news very quickly there. And one note on, on David Riddick. I mean, he's a guy who I was kind of slamming in quite a bit the first few uh, months of the year, but he's really kind of turned things around and has, has for the last one month or so been one of the better backup options in NHL sauce. So you can't really just run to fade him. And the irony is that they're playing the Rangers, same deal with Yaroslav Halak, who looked awful at the beginning of the year. He's been on a, on a, a bit of a run too in some of his starts. So uh, that's another thing. Like I said, adjustments throughout the season. You can't just, you know, I, I do goalie charts, you know, uh, pretty much every two, three days and within a week to try to, you know, uh, adjust my edges and stuff. And, and those are the things I look for, you know, backup goalies that we can back and backup goalies we can fade or starting goalies that are, are getting too much love. Uh, so th those little things all add up to, you know, whenever I'm making this a side or a total wager. Uh, do you guys have any props for today? I see Jerry Mancini asking any props. If there's any you're interested in, if not, we don't need to force it, but yeah, just, no, uh... no player prop for me. So, so now I mentioned earlier that like I'm trying to do player props this year, so like, um, like this is my first foray. But like I see like with with the Sharks with uh, Timo Meyer out, so then then I look at who's gonna kind of um, moved up, and I see and I see Michael, uh, I um, Isimont, right? So, mm -hmm. and and I see him at like plus six hundred. Now, um, if I think that this is gonna be a high scoring game. And I think that um, Seattle is kind of dipping in shots. I'm sorry, Seattle is dipping defensively. So I feel that there should be chances generated by by uh, by the Sharks as well. So, so he'd be a guy that I'm gonna bet um, just for my own sake and like for 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 me doing this. Um, I'm not sure if I would recommend that as like as like being anything official, but that's something that um, that I'll be betting on my own. 
Okay. That and, was, and, a lot uh, of, and a lot of people do that too. I, I know uh, my colleague over the ice has Ian Cameron. He pretty much calls that the bargain bed, where if a guy's moving up to a, to a top six uh, spot or a power play spot, he'll take you know uh, you know maybe split a half a unit between their anytime goal scorer and maybe their shots on goal if that's a, a lower price or or them to get a point if that's a, at a, a decent plus price. So that that's always that's always a good option to look at. Even just you know a guy getting a chance uh, in the lineup that he normally wouldn't have. You know, like I said, and especially if you can feel it's going to be a high school game, that's that's worth you know taking a, a small flyer on. Yeah, uh, Rob does a very similar thing as well on the on the Friday show with those and finding guys moving up and down lineups and different into different spots, going to get different looks. But yeah, and Connor Hurdle asking if I have any goal scored. Do not uh, the Hyman situation on Friday. I was looking at it. Um, some today but there was nothing that really stood out for me so i do not have a goal scorer today but appreciate this comment here from jerry mancini uh if rob ever gives me a hard time let him let you know rob's his best man so there you go i got back up in my corner that's what i'm looking for (laughs) another good uh mention the chat about carter verhage shots on goal that's actually been a really good prop that i've uh was actually able to cash in a couple times uh, earlier this week on so that's definitely maybe if there's anything worth looking at, I mean, like I said, with, especially with Florida, if they can jump all over Anaheim, maybe his shots on goal, even at four or five, might be worth uh, taking a, a small sprinkle goal. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the content here today, please make sure to like this stream. You can also subscribe to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel. You get notified every time we go live, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Anytime news videos come out, breaking down trades, rumors, injury stuff, how it affects the futures markets moving forward. It'll all be here on the Edgework HQ YouTube channel, as well as our brand new podcast coming out every Wednesday with David Pagnotta, Dennis Bernstein, and Zach Bodenstein. You're not going to want to miss that as they do have the inside scoop on a lot of the information going around in the NHL right now, kind of breaking it down ahead of time. You might be able to get in on some of the information, find out what could be happening, and be proactive with some of your futures bets if that's something you'd be looking for. So to make sure to subscribe to this channel, we are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the playoff time. So hit that subscribe button, help us get there. But Alex, so money, thank you guys for your time today. Appreciate the insight as always. I will be back here tomorrow morning at 1030 a.m. Eastern time to break down all of tomorrow night's games. Until then, good luck with your bets tonight. We'll see everyone tomorrow.